Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another Rain After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. We have a surprise guest joining us today. And as we talk about the penultimate episode of the series, simultaneously joy and happiness, simultaneously sadness. So stay tuned as we discuss. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Usually, I'm not as tongue-tied for words, but we're nearing the end and it's truly, truly sad. However, let's rejoice on the fact that we do have a special guest, the writer of the episode. Yes. I'm just a co-writer. Yeah, just a co-writer. Yes, I helped out a little bit. Yeah, fair enough. Thanks. Thanks for that. It still took the craft of writing. You did order that. Yeah. The destination for TV. Um, yeah, you guys, I'm just happy to be here because you guys have been stalwart supporters of our show for four seasons, and we really appreciate it, and we're going to miss you guys when this is over because, like, you guys love this show, and we make it for people like you, so thank you. Well, thank you, and, and of course, we're also speaking to the, the fans that listen every single week, you know, we, we enjoy it, obviously, but without the fans at home, yeah. this would we not are be... nothing! <laughs> That's right. Um, but we also have Lena and Alina. That's right. <laughs> we're not sitting next to each other, so we can't do the name twin and mole twin. I mean, technically you, you are. Kind of, a little bit, yeah, in the wide shot, you know. <laughs> Um, but let's let's start with you guys' uh, overall reaction for for this episode. So jam packed, in my yes. opinion. Loved it, loved it. Drew, yeah. bravo, bravo. Um, I I loved seeing Mary go through her trials and tribulations. Um, I loved the whole Elizabeth plot, and I loved France. France. I mean, I thought yeah. I think I predicted last week, right, that it was going to go down in France this week, and it did. So I was all. I was here for it. You got clairvoyant powers. Yeah, too. right? <laughs> yeah. You got nasty skills. Yeah, uh, I wrote this one with uh, Wendy Riss, uh, who I've written a bunch of scripts with in the show for all four seasons. But this was like a big turning point episode for everybody, really, because uh, we're heading into the finale. But, um, you know, we've been wanting to see Mary have a kid yes. for four seasons, and she finally does this episode, but just with, um, you know, the wrong guy's kid. But it's, it's a big <laughs> moment. It's a big moment for her. She's been waiting for a long time, so it changes everything when you have a child. It changes your priorities. How, mu- how much of it, because it seems to me a lot is speeding up and ramping up. How yeah. much of that was due to kind of knowing that perhaps you guys had to alter a couple of things to get to the series finale as opposed to the season finale right. versus... Um, well, we didn't know for sure it was going to be a series finale in 16, but um, uh, we, did, we, we did have um, a series alternate ending in place if we had to and so um so i would say this i'd say like every season first of all it's rain it moves really fast no matter what season it is <laughs> right um and it's the end of the season so things are building towards a big conclusion but um we definitely made some adjustments in the last couple of episodes just just in case but um you know if 14 15 16 are all kind of like definitely heading towards a conclusion and that conclusion it's going to be bananas, you guys. It's going to be crazy. And, I mean, uh, we're headed for war. We yeah. got kid custody <laughs> yeah. battles. We got it all. But to answer your question, we really knew for sure, like, when we were shooting, I think when the finale was shooting, we got the official word that it was definitely going to. So, you know, things, uh, some things changed a little bit just to make room for it to be the end. So. so Anne had mentioned, I believe she said you guys were in the late season when they found out that it was being canceled. We literally got the news when they were shooting the finale. So it was... So we had like you know we had some inclination it might be the last season but we weren't we were still waiting on a, an answer and so um, 
Lori McCarthy, who created the show and is the showrunner, she um, wrote uh, the finale with April Blair, who's written some episodes this season, and they um, were allowed to write a potential... We had basically a season and a series finale in place, mm-hmm. and so uh, when we got the word that we were being canceled, we're like, well, I guess we know which one it'll be. Right. So, um, so yeah, you'll see that next week. Well, let's talk, let's talk uh, about this one. And so since you brought it up, France, a lot of stuff happening in France. So why don't we kick it off with there? Because we're almost on the verge of war with Spain. Yeah. Um, and, and I rather enjoy that we get, uh, we get the sister to come back once again. And just like that, she gets thrown in the stockades. Um, so, you know, I, I still, well, I, since, we ha- since we have you here, what yeah. is the backstory between her and Catherine? Because it still remains a little still remains a little cloudy, yeah. Right. I mean, one of the things we talked about in the room was just this idea that Lisa's sort of the, um, sometimes there are siblings who are shown less attention and affection by their parents and, and are thought less of by people, and when they go off and marry up or get a huge job or a big career, once they get a bit of power, it changes things in a very awkward way. So um, this idea that she kind of comes back and suddenly is more powerful than her mother. Mother-daughter relationships are already complicated, but yeah. mm-hmm. when crowns are involved, it's very complicated. But um, so clearly, you know, she also hasn't been on the show for four seasons, so she's been pushed out of the of our viewpoint. So um, so we had different. We had it was fun about writing on a show is there's a bunch of people in a room, so all of us had some different ideas at different points about Lisa. But um, I think that was the main idea was just that she's sort of been maybe ignored a little bit and pushed aside, and so when she comes rolling back in. And plus, she's sort of been absorbed and adopted by Spain, who has their own ideas about how France should be doing business. So uh, let me let me guys let me ask you guys this, and any one of you guys can jump in. But um, in hearing about that, I kind of almost have this theory now that you know, um, obviously, she might think that Henry's a better ruler in general, but perhaps there's that kinship uh, by the fact that they, you know, they're they're so somewhat similar. You know, they've been cast aside, uh, Henry, because of Charles, just by that sheer nature. And I found it interesting. I know, um, you know, I love the the production design and everything, but the scene that they were talking in particular, they had very similar clothing, hmm. which I found interesting because it put them on the same plane. Right. Um, and so they just kind of made me think of it and clicked right now. So I want to get your guys' perspective on that That's idea. true. I didn't even realize that they had the same clothing, but now that I think about it, they were both in like that maroon kind of darkish clothing. Um, I agree with you. I think that's probably why there's a kindred spirit, because they both were per- pushed out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see why she would want, obviously, Henry to be on the throne. I can see why Spain would want Henry to be on the throne. Um, I loved her seeing her character come in and kind of shake things up in France. I think you guys did a really good job writing her character that way because it was finally somebody who could stand up to Catherine. Yeah, yeah. And we hadn't really seen that before. Yeah. No, that was fun. And also she's, I mean... I mean, it was fun this episode to see the tables turn on her, but she's not like, you know, there's something kind of... I find her very funny in a, in a Blackley comic way, just mm-hmm. because she's she's not like a complete monster, but she's got some deep damaged needs um, that are affecting things. But also, like I do, I do like to think about her life back in Spain, and I think she's really in love with Philip, and I think that um, she'd do anything for him, and she feels like that's her family over there, and if they want her to shake things up, and she's also feeling a little ignored, then she's going to do that in a very dangerous way. But um, yeah, Anastasia Phillips, who plays Lisa, is just fantastic, and funny and um it was great to watch her work that scene when Catherine visits her in the dungeon like to be on set for that was just hilarious to see them work that scene out it was just so good but yeah she's brought a lot to the show all the new people this season have brought a lot to the show right i think um 
and it's interesting because you're sitting here and, and you took part in writing this episode, is that the way you guys had set it up is that you wanted us to think it had to do with them having a bond over being an outcast. Because we look at Henry, and he's ultimately still wants to marry Nicole. Mm-hmm. So once again, he's saying he's going to marry a Protestant, so that didn't solve the problem from Charles. And then on top of that, he likes to fancy in women's clothing. Right, and he does. He came. <laughs> and by the way, just for the just just a little trivia, like when Henry showed up, like his second episode, he brought like three gifts. It was like a black magic yeah, book, a sword, book, yeah. and some jewelry. You guys, ah. he, he must have been trying that stuff on earlier on. But yes, yeah. um, I, I actually think it's a little bit more just like a they're hyper Catholic, and we were doing like the Catholic. You know, there's a there's a big power vacuum and a power struggle happening this season. So. They're definitely on one side of the line about like how far to push that in France, and so, um, you know, and also Charles is just losing it this year, and so, uh, yeah, there's an opportunity for both of them. Where do you guys, uh, if you guys have to um, evaluate him in terms of mental capacities, if you will, <laughs> at the current moment, <laughs> like, how would we evaluate Charles? Because he's just, comp- it, it, he's not crazy like he was. Right. He's gotten he's, better. Yeah, he has. But at the same time, he's he's got that. But that's Blood contingent th- like he, upon Nicole, though. Right. So when yeah. he loses Nicole, he's going to lose his mind again. I, you know, he's I'm, still childish in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's sad because Charles, in history, um, had a rough time of it on, on his throne. In fact, when he died, um, there's some really sad quote where he basically says, I hope that no child ever inherits a throne again because oh, he got it too oh. young. And, and uh, a lot of terrible things happened later in his life. But, um, I, you know, what was fun to s- Spencer, who plays uh, Charles's awesome and a really talented actor and so it's really exciting to you know we see all of them and we read all of them before you guys see any of them so people in the first few episodes are like what's going on with Charles he's like a complete you know but we know that he's going to have a journey this season and he's going to find his strength which might be good and bad at the same time which you know especially if it's Nicole yeah yeah it's going to get taken right underneath him give Nicole some love Phil I mean look what (laughs) she's done for Charles this year I, what she's done, she's manipulated him. She and then you know she's manipulated Narcisse, and yeah. now she's trying to go after Henry. And uh, I'm going to call out Lena, our new host. You thought it was all innocent, but here she is, just switching, and she outright says, "I'm after power, essentially." Okay, so we actually talked about this before, just before we started filming. Where you know we've been going on Twitter with Anne back and forth, Anne who obviously plays Nicole, and I've always been Team Nicole, but this last episode. I like I jumped off that wagon because oh. I really thought you know she loved Charles she s- accepted him for his corset wearing his jewelry wearing oh, and, Henry, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like okay she loves him and then we see in this episode where she gets the opportunity to now become queen and she's completely ignoring Henry Henry's like I thought you loved me and she was just she was so cold to him and I was like wow I can't believe after all that after all that support Team Nicole you know she's just after the throne and then the second. She thinks that the Spanish ships are at the harbor. She jumps right back into Henry's bed. So it's, it's literally she's after power. And yes, maybe there's a part of her that has that interest in Henry. Like she wants to fix the guy. Like I talked about a couple episodes ago. But she literally is after the throne. That's what she wants. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's complicated for if you're not a noble, if you're low born, your life is going to be really hard and not pleasant. And so it's, it's almost impossible. It's like any, you know. People take uh, power trips all the time in different, you know, careers and different opportunities. So she's, you know, she's this, you know, uh, she comes from a simple village and she's thrust into French court and all these politics and power moves and beautiful dresses and jewels. And she has an opportunity to have everything and be the top. And 
she has two options here. One is she's, and I was telling you earlier, like she doesn't get proposed to by Charles in in a bread box of body. She just gets announced <laughs> yeah. as his next wife. She doesn't have really a say in the matter. But you know, the power system's rigged against her, so she's got to find what she can. And I do think she cares about Henry quite a bit. I do think there's something genuine going on between them. But I will give tricky. Nicole the benefit of that. Simply, if Did nothing you else, switch on me. No, <laughs> we no. switched. No. You guys had a. Character journeys. No, no, I, I, I still despise Nicole in many ways, but I, I will. I am. <laughs> Tell her she's to, nothing. Tell her. <laughs> I am willing to say that be, you know part of it is she's also a Protestant in a Catholic nation, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. you know I understand True. that plays against her as well. So although I disagree with her methods and tactics, I understand that she does have a hard life. I'm, off. I'm all for her being with Henry. I think she's good right, for Henry. Right. I think she gets him. Yeah. And even he said that. He yeah. said, you know, you're the only person who I can completely be myself pretty much mm-hmm. around. So I'm all for her being with Henry. Yeah. Although she needs to figure out what she's going to do with Charles and let him yeah. down. Yeah, how do you ghost on a king? It's really difficult. Yeah. You know? like it's, it's tricky. Well, um, he takes your head off and then you become a ghost. That's it, that's it. That's, <laughs> that's it. how you ghost on and a king. Now we solved. know. Well, this felt like, it almost felt like Helen of Troy in the sense, yeah. you know, like there she goes and like, all right, everyone, we attack, go, yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, and we're he, taking on Spain. He lost his mind, like when he's talking with Catherine at the end and they're in the scene mm-hmm. and she's kind of insinuating that like no one kidnapped her, she went on her own. His yeah. face is like filled with anger, he's going to kill his brother. So what, can you imagine what he's going to do with Nicole? Yeah. I mean, he knows what he's going to do with Nicole, so. <laughs> I don't know what happens, I, I, have, I know nothing. Um... <laughs> Well, yeah, the ego is a dangerous thing, right? It can make people mm-hmm. do crazy stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're they're all in a bad spot. And all season, it's, France has been trying to get out of out from under Spain. And now, now it's all going to explode because Spain is going to be yeah, quite it? unhappy with England. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is a smaller point, but um, I want to talk about Claude. And the note that I had uh, wanted to make sure I got out was, I don't think Leif actually found another girl. I think he's just saying that so he, he and perhaps she can move on. Or is it Narcisse that what intercepts the, the message? Or is it Catherine? Listen, yes. Narcisse is so busy <laughs> right now. Seriously. We'll talk about Narcisse. I thought Narcisse would come back to court and be like, okay, rolling up his sleeves. What do we got to do here? He's not, you know, we'll talk about him. But um, I don't think he's intercepting any notes at the moment. I think for the first time he's in over his head. No, I don't think. Narcisse's, he's he's focused on what what yeah, he's focused what he's gotta, on, yeah. Rather than French court and the dramas of that, yeah. he's definitely Catherine. playing with some big pieces now on the board. I mean, he's he's pre-engineered a big. I mean, he's he's helped create a war. It's it's a it's a big way. I mean, if you're gonna have revenge, you gotta go nuclear, right? Yeah. You gotta <laughs> go. Bigger go home. Yeah, um, yeah, poor. Yeah, well, Narcisse's, um it's hard. I don't think Narcisse could intercept the letter because he's in Scotland, so it's probably not probably not that. But you know, it's I leave. I, I'm fascinated by all fan theories and fan fiction, and and uh, God knows there'll be plenty of opportunities um, since we don't have a season five. So anything you guys think could have happened, it could have yeah. happened. Sure, it's like Schrodinger's cat. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Until we get a fifth season, it's, it's exactly. true and it's, it's not true. Yeah. yeah. All at the same time. Um, but specifically about Claude, um, where do you guys stand on her in terms of... Because I thought, you know, she goes on a journey for me, even though it's sort of buried perhaps by some of the other characters because so many big things are happening. But the way Catherine says, like, you actually have a shot at happiness here. And I thought that was a very touching moment uh, that, that I enjoyed quite a lot for Claude, but also from Catherine. Yeah, I agree. I mean, all season I've been wanting her to get with Luke. Like, see what's in front of your eyes. You have somebody who's good, who 
like genuinely likes you and wants to make this whole thing work and you keep holding on to something that's not coming mm-hmm, back. Mm-hmm. Like you got to get it together. And I think now it could be too late. And Catherine, that's why I say maybe it was Catherine that said I, the I whole... I think someone intercepted that message. Yeah, exactly. Um, but didn't Luke intercepted the first time. That's how he found out that she was planning to leave him. Right via Narcisse. Narcisse showed him the thing. Could be, could be. Worthwhile theories. But Claude just needs to get it together and see that Luke is her her man. Needs to do it. He's Listen, he comes from a long line of very handsome, smooth-talking yes. guys. And he doesn't kill anybody, so like, it's a big win for her. Want? Exactly. Yeah. I think it was actually touching that Catherine has come such a long way that she actually wants one of her children to be married for love. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not really Catherine. She really likes to use mm-hmm. her kids as like toys and like power plays. Wants Charles to marry somebody from Spain. Never really wanted Francis to marry Mary. Just kind of have them engage for the alliance mm-hmm. and then marry whoever would be the de- next benefit for the country. So to see her be so honest and want Claude to be happy, mm-hmm. it's a pretty beautiful thing because I feel like Catherine always wanted to be in love with Henry, but then remember, um, I forget Bash's mother's name, but Diane. She, Diane came into the picture and kind of ruined that love marriage because I believe she did say last season that she really did at some point love Henry. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they, um, well, that's a whole, that could have been a whole show itself. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think Claude's really been on a journey of growing up this year. You know, she she was sort of like the spoiled princess when we first met her, and um, she's really kind of grown and matured, and, you know, she's had to lose love and move forward, and, and her and Catherine's relationship is really deep in this year, which has been great mm-hmm. to watch. So, uh, you know, historically, she was a very devout, um, you know, we kind of made her a bit of a wild child, you know, in the beginning <laughs> of the show, but she's she's kind of growing into who she was more in history, which is somebody who was... You know, somebody who uh, believed in values and morals, and she, um, well, people will Wikipedia when this is all over. You'll, you'll see what happened to Claude. But she, um, I, I do think she has a real shot at happiness because she's with a great guy, and she's not a schemer. She's not a courtesan. You know, she's not someone who's there to meddle with all that stuff. So, yeah, I think she's got a good good shot at happiness. Absolutely. And before we talk about Narcisse, Lena, you have a quick message for us, um, an unscripted show that might be of interest to our fans. Yes. Um, this is actually Leah Remini, Scientology and the Aftermath was A&E's breakout unscripted hit of 2016. This is actually a, a really cool show. I like, I DVR the show. <laughs> really good. Really interesting. Um, the Hollywood Reporter called it engrossing. The New York Daily News said the stories it tells are shocking and rife with sobering revelations and accusations. Now more ex-Scientologists are joining Leah to fight back. As Reality Blurt put it, uh, that's the power of this kind of storytelling. Leah Remini, Scientology and the Aftermath, for your Emmy consideration. Um, yeah. That's right. So if you at home think this is a great show, tweet about it, um, all that stuff. I mean, social media, as we, have, we've seen, does help shows nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and we in particular love the interaction we get on Rain with yeah. you guys and the fans. Yeah, that, that, that account has been crazy and uh, fun this year. And, and uh yeah, there's been it's it's funny. I think like everybody's grieving together this year. Like we're all like it's we know this is it, so let's all just chat a little bit about it. But yeah. Um, Lena described it as the uh the boyfriend you know you're having to break up with mm-hmm. <laughs> but still want to enjoy. How did you say it? I don't want to steal your words. Um I said it's uh it's a bittersweet episode where it's like the relationship you know is going to end. Mm-hmm. And so you find yourself holding back. Like, I really want to divulge into the episodes, but I'm sitting there, and I'm like, the more and more I invest myself, it's going to nothing. But hopefully, we're going to be positive, and hopefully there's a season Be positive. Five. Be positive. <laughs> because there is really so much left. I'm sure 
they're going to skip to the next episode and a lot's going to happen, but there's still so much, like, where is Francis's child? <laughs> I was actually thinking about that today, well, like, where did Lola and Francis's child go? He's, he's being tended to, but the truth is, if you're off screen on Rain, you're safe. If you're on screen in Rain, you're in danger at all times, because people just... Who and dies? Tell us. Every, well, on this show, lots of people die, yeah. clearly. So no, I'm just saying, I'm, I can't tell you that. Um, but yeah, the characters, I, you know, John is safe and is being tended to. And there's plenty of non-dramatic scenes probably happening off screen with uh, Catherine visiting him and bringing him treats. But, that. you know, right. it's, better, it's better to stay out there and not over here because, you know, bad things happen in France, you guys. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's talk about Narcisse, a Frenchman um, in Scotland... Or uh, is he in Scotland or in England? I think he's in England. He's now in England. He was in Scotland, now he's in England. Um, And he's just masterminding this intricate scheme. Um, If you want to talk about people that have gone off the deep end, I think he's gone (laughs) off the deep end in some respects. This is like his biggest, biggest scheme ever. Because we've known his schemes, but this one tops, is the scheme to top all schemes. I mean, starting a war between England and Spain. Mm Mm-hmm. Just everything, and then the maid. I mean, it's just bananas. It, it feels like like this could be a sub sub. Uh, it could be a spinoff thing of like um, you know the typical movies where it's like um, I'm going in for one last job, but this time it's personal, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's what this feels like. He's mm-hmm. going down guns blazing. I yeah. feel like he yeah. does not care. It's crazy what love is making people do in rain. Yeah, like bottom line, look at the way Charles is acting. Yep. Narcisse is getting vengeance for Lola. This is all about Lola. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, in the last episode, is that. This is a man that actually disrespected Lola on several occasions, cheated on her with Catherine and other women, but yet he's willing to destroy everything in his way to get vengeance for Lola. And it's it's crazy how much love has an effect. Yeah, I mean, especially on somebody as savage as Narcisse. And also, like last season, what was so tragic about the end of season three is that Narcisse had sort of, he was on a redemption tour. You know, like he shows up in England, he's like, I'm gonna get you out of here, we can live in Scotland. I'll give up all my power hungry ways and I'll just I'll go anywhere just to be with you again. And before that can happen, she's ripped away from him in the most one of the most disturbing scenes we've ever done in the show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh yeah. Uh so so that was never gonna be erased from his mind. So um this doesn't mean he can't find uh you know, as you saw in thirteen, like you he can still enjoy himself and maybe even <laughs> And his his and Catherine's love is a, a very different flavor. But um, yeah, that was a intensely traumatic scene at the end of thir- season three. So he's just been playing a long game, and we haven't really been watching it from his perspective. But if you ever go back and watch season four, you can kind of trace some of the stuff of when Jane popped up in the story is probably mm-hmm. when this stuff mm-hmm. began. Interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna have to Elizabeth. Do what Elizabeth's doing for love? She's about to tank a ship in her own yeah. marriage yeah. over love. Yeah, love is a interesting thing it's a, yeah. goodness yeah I, well I mean part of it is she believed she blamed the wrong person without doing her research let's say yeah um, why I, I mean it's great that the captain of that ship kind of sparked the idea that uh, you know she is the liar however why why I, I'm still unclear and I know she gave her reasons but uh, why did she never suspect it? and perhaps maybe it's because we as an audience members we have that whole interaction with right. Narcisse, so it's confirmed for us. But, um, yes, the, uh, I just found it, I don't know, Elizabeth, you, usually you, smarter. Oh, yeah, well, I mean, it, it was tricky from her POV, because also, even from the audience POV, like, we saw uh, the Archduke, like, like scoping out her and Gideon for a while, so 
we just talked about masculine ego being a very dangerous thing a little bit ago, but usually when a woman tells you, listen, we're going to get married, but I'm going to keep sleeping with this guy. Never ends yeah, well. It doesn't, no. it doesn't right? No. Someone's head comes off. <laughs> Some, yeah. So from, yeah, from her perspective, it, it definitely was, um, you know, the timing of it was tricky. And then also he did have that, like, bro moment with Gideon back in... 14, I think it was. Yeah. It was just like, Outside her bedroom. I see yeah. you. I see yeah. you. You know, so um, there was definitely some, there was a lot of signs pointing to him and and not a lot of evidence linking Jane to anything yet. Yeah. Just that she was magically on the beach. Just, just popped out. Hanging around. Popped on the beach. <laughs> yeah. But she took an oar in the back of the head, so that usually helps, you know, make someone mm. look more innocent i don't know <laughs> so smart move by a narcissist to take the, the family away or bad move because that's part terrible of the question move. that's terrible i i don't know i think it was also insurance for him just in case uh she didn't do what she was asked to do by take away half the family members so, i mean i don't know you know if, if elizabeth didn't honestly think that it was the archduke then at least she'll get suspicion that this girl's family is completely gone and then figure out but just her just in the fact of like taking her family away, think about how it's going to affect how she is. Right. And right. she's around Elizabeth pretty much at all times. So just her demeanor will be completely different because mm-hmm. she knows her family's life is on the line. If mm-hmm. she doesn't convince Elizabeth yeah. to kill somebody, the Archduke, the person she's betrothed to, that's a big deal. I think Narcisse for being a pretty level-headed guy, yeah. I think he is in over his head and he's starting to slip up a little bit. He had to know she's just a spy. That he right. then turned into someone to poison somebody, and now she's supposed to be a mastermind manipulator to convince a queen yeah. to kill well, the man she's betrothed to. That's she like gave, insane. She gave it a really good shot, though. I mean, she gave it her best. <laughs> we should we should hey, give Jane support for her yeah. for trying the, the participation pin. I mean, I get Narcissus theory. I mean, it's an age old theory where if you're going to take an island, burn down the ship, so that way there's no other alternative but take the island, right? Um, so in that sense, take away the family. All she can really do is succeed. But obviously, but that's really. yeah. yeah. Didn't go so well. Yeah. Uh, nope. Not the same as taking it over now an island. But uh, he's thinking it from like his perspective. Like he does very well. Him and Catherine under pressure. Most people don't do well under pressure. Right. They break. Yeah, right. Exactly. Good and point. you can see even Good when point. she's walking in, she's already like she's taking a deep breath yeah. before. Yeah. Like oh my goodness, I gotta do where, this. Where right after she got seen on the beach, remember she walked in all confidently. She's like, yeah. oh, I work for you. I'm not going anywhere. But then you see when she like walks in, I'm like. I would definitely think it was her, just by the way yeah. she was acting. But then again, I'm psycho, so. <laughs> <laughs> what I may pick up on someone, like That's a normal true. person who, might not. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, she's definitely been good at it thus far. So it's it's like that thing where it never makes your coffee too good at your job because that's all you'll have to do. No. You know, she's done a great job of manipulating Elizabeth for several episodes now, and now she's done too good a job, and now she's expected to start World War Zero, really. Yeah. Um, Phil, who did you think Jane was writing to? Remember when we did the I, speculation? I said Narcisse. I, I suspect the Narcisse. Unless I'm wrong and I'm just making that up. But I, I'm pretty sure I said Narcisse. You look Narcisse. really smart right now. <laughs> this, I, this. Said, I said Catherine. I, I never believed Narcisse. Catherine. I never believed Catherine. Um, from what I recall. But um, in terms of Elizabeth, it's, always, it's interesting now because, you know, uh, at least in her, her mind, she thought she had Jane. And, and you know, I mean, if you, if you go through her whole narrative... All she really wants is just one person to, to latch on to, whether a lover or just anybody. And that's right. what Lola was at the end of season three. Mm-hmm. And she's never going to trust again, in my opinion. I mean, how can you? Yeah. I've noticed that the writers, that means you and combined everyone else, you guys really love Mary. I feel like everybody is diehard for Mary. 
She has so many people around her that are so mm-hmm. loyal, mm-hmm. that love her. I mean, there was Bash, obviously Francis until he died. Mm-hmm. Um, Rizzio before he got killed. Now Bothwell. Yeah. Even her brother. Her brother gave up yeah. all of his lands, everything. Greer, all of her girls. And then Elizabeth only has Gideon, who was originally um, Elizabeth's, not sorry. Mary. Mary's uh, confidant. So it's like, Elizabeth can't catch a break. Like, nobody loves the girl. Well, but I think, and part of that is, you know, what what is Elizabeth's story in history? You know, and her story in history is that she chooses to be a queen and be married to England instead of having um, the comforts of love and marriage and family. And, and she, even historically, was not known to have, I mean, the way she treated some of her female servants and friends was a little dicey from what I've read. But she was a bit paranoid and a little, you know... Um, Sharp and, and she she had a, a immense trust issues both from how she grew up and what happened to her mother and how she was treated and so those it's funny what you're seeing is these relationships around these two queens are affecting the trajectory of their futures you know and so she's mm-hmm. going to go on and be, and be a survivor because uh, she's Elizabeth and we know how that turns out and part of that's because she can't have all these people who are always there for her she has to be relying on herself forever yeah uh, I want to. The, this kind of ties into the Mary plot, but um, in terms of that letter, how do you guys think it's going to be received? Because you know, for I can speak for my experience when 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 Mary's writing that letter, it's so heartfelt, yeah. and um, it not only speaks volumes about her, but then you kind of really reconsider um, Elizabeth in that light. But I'm curious as to you know, at the end of the day, Elizabeth has to read it as well and understand it in the same way. I think she'll take it. In kind of how how we did because it was so heartfelt. Mm-hmm. Mary said, "You know, we are cousins. We yeah. are blood, um, and we know the difficulties that come along with being a monarch, mm-hmm. especially a female monarch at that time." So I think she will take that and make James, um, you know, her heir. Should she stay the Virgin Queen? Um, but I don't think it ends obviously well for Mary. So yeah. <laughs> I think it, um, I mean, obviously we know how history turns out, but if we're looking at it just from the show's perspective, mm-hmm. it's, you know, they say timing is everything. Right in the time that Mary is writing this heartfelt letter, she's like, my own husband's trying to kill me. I have nobody to trust. You see that Elizabeth loses Gideon because of right. Jane, who she trusted. So it's kind of like, I think she's going to be definitely a lot more accepting of it, right. considering her situation, and also considering the fact that Mary just kind of like, I just want to protect my child. I will leave your throne alone. You don't have to worry about me now. I do understand that Elizabeth has a whole different country to worry about now, so that kind of might be also in the back of her head. But, I mean, I definitely think she's going to be a lot more accepting and understanding of Mary's letter, considering the fact that she just lost Gideon, now betrayed by Jane, and she has nobody left. She doesn't even trust trust the Duke. Mm -hmm. Like, he pretty much just left. Like, where did he go for... He's on business. uh... He's on on business. But, um... We might see him again. That's very astute and well put. I think that's mm-hmm. pretty awesome. Um, yeah, you know, they wrote to each other a lot. Uh, historically, they never met, but they did have a lot of correspondence, and some of those correspondences were passive-aggressive. And some of, the, you know, Mary was always the more emotional uh, writer, and mm-hmm. Elizabeth was a little bit more distant and reserved. But they, they did correspond, and it was, a, it was a big moment for her because we've had them communicate via ambassadors like Gideon and Nicholas and people like that all through the show. And so um, this, what was most exciting about this episode, I think, was just to see Mary sort of 
it's her big shift because all season long she's been gunning for the English throne, and now yeah. um, that is not really the source of the greatest danger. It's become the person that she joined forces with to take the English throne is really the biggest danger. And so now she's got a child to consider and different priorities. Can you explain, was anybody else confused how Donnelly got back on top? I Like, what happened? Something oh, with the well, Privy Council? Does the mom have control? Like, I don't understand any of that. The mom didn't have control of what she told him to do. Because the thing is that Darnley's king as long as, she's, as Mary's alive. Because he doesn't have crown matrimonial, which means when she dies, um, he's no longer king. But the Privy Council was a very powerful, like, essentially form of government in Scotland. And so historically... Um, that council uh, proved some quite problematic for Mary. Like they had the ability to kind of vote certain things in if need be, and um, so essentially what he was doing was um, naming a new privy council while she was giving birth. So she had no say in the matter because he just did it himself, even though he's completely almost disintegrated in his mind. But he was able to install a new privy council of people loyal to his family. So now Mary's got you know a privy council for the most part who are going to vote in Darnley's interests and not in hers. So it's going to be very difficult for her politically to hold on to power. And, you know, what we're doing is we're just setting up the story, which is that in history she lost, you were mentioning allies earlier, but she lost a lot of allies in history, and um, and people did sort of build factions against her. So that's kind of what you're seeing in this episode, is people are consolidating power against her. At least she doesn't have syphilis. Yeah, it was disgusting. <laughs> that's the, that's the that's silver lining. Yeah. And she was like standing right next to him, and I was like, stand back a little bit. He's got. Just a little step. Like, did you see that? Uh, yes. She she didn't, at least she didn't poke she, the, right. the lesion. She didn't touch the lesion. That's, that's so a is, good move. Is that why he's hallucinating? Or yes. he just lost his mind? And it that's... makes you, if you don't treat it, it'll make you crazy. Oh, okay. Well, syphilis is really bad. Yeah. yeah. We should have yeah. done the PSA, but it's really bad. Yeah. Um, especially back then. There's no um, penicillin, so, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, like, in terms of medical um, advancement, just seeing the childbirth itself and, and the tools that they were grabbing, I was like... <laughs> that made me so are, scared. <laughs> are we branding yeah. a cow here? What are we doing? Yeah. They look kind of rusted, too. Like, at least use something that looks cleaner. Hygiene was not really a thing back then. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, there was, like, I was saying, I read, there was this book I was reading for a season called The Prospect Before Her, which is all just about, um, you know the issues of, of women's lack of power throughout the ages. And, and one thing they said about this period in time is a, a pregnant woman has one foot in the grave because they didn't right. have the medicine we have today. And so they just, so yeah. it was really dangerous. I mean, it was dangerous to, to give birth and a lot of people didn't survive. So Mary's actual childbirth was very long. The labor was really long. And um, I don't know if it nearly killed her, but historically it was immensely painful. And also when you read the description of the room she was in, like there's no windows, it was crazy hot. I mean, just like, it was just the worst possible setting to get birth. And your crazy mother-in-law yeah. in the room. So. I would have thrown the knife at her. <laughs> I hate her. Yeah, I don't like her. She's, she's a sneaky little, you know, she just wants power. She wants power. She wants her son to have power. Well, this is the thing is you're watching a show where you could say that about another character in another country, True. right? And so it's just a matter of whose side you're on, right? right. Like everybody's right. fighting for their own interests and their own families. You could be sneaky and have a heart, though. She's sneaky and heartless. You know what? Here's what's funny, though. It's like, if you really count it up, I bet you Catherine de Medici's killed way more people than Lady Lennox. True. But we just hate Lady Lennox anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so, so true. It doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, yeah, we're not necessarily by the facts types of people. We're more emotional. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. Us, like, except Phil. Phil's yeah. factual. Am I? 
Uh, I mean, I have to say, like that was such a very powerful scene that by the end of it, uh, that commercial hits, and I'm like, y- you know, I'm going through, and how, how much is left? And I'm like, oh, there's still so much left. Like yeah. I was emotionally spent just from watching that. And, from the, the childbirth or the letter, uh, the, the childbirth. Yeah. In yeah. So, you know, in the best of ways, because mm-hmm. uh, so much is going on, um, and things are being set up. Um, that was really intense to shoot. Too. I get to go up to set for that, and uh, and I, you know. We didn't know if we were coming back, so I, I, I knew that might be one of the last times I get to go up to set and, and see everybody work. And uh, that was a really powerful day of filming because, A, there were real babies on set. So whenever there's babies on set, it's like everything's like, you know, it's, everything's <laughs> just a little tense. And um, and also just seeing how much Adelaide and Adam and Selena all committed to that scene um, really was was really overwhelming and and uh i was really proud of everybody that day because they just everybody just brought it and they all kind of knew like this is a big moment for the show and the characters and um you know that you know in another universe like there would be three other ladies around that bed but um they're all gone and so Greer is you know her only friend left from those early days and she's watching her die it's really intense so i'm just really proud of everybody and, they did a great everyone job. had their own mo- like what i loved everyone had their own motives in terms of the doctor, uh, Mary, mm-hmm. Greer, obviously is just trying to mm-hmm. keep everyone calm. Um, Bothwell, he has his own priority of like, yes, I want to get the child, but at the same time, like, you're my number one priority. Yeah. And right. it just, yeah. the, the, the arguments going on between everyone, um, that definitely made it intense, and, and I enjoyed that, how you guys utilized that. That poor doctor was like, what do I do? Because <laughs> yeah. she's like, I am the queen, and yeah. you're going to save my child. And Bothwell's like, you touch her with that knife, and I will kill you. And he's like, <laughs> and then she kind of just passes out, I'm assuming, from the from loss the of blood. Yeah. But I will tell you, I would have died if in that scene when her eyes were closed, I thought for sure you were going to do a flashback to Francis. I don't know why I felt like, because he's kind of like in the afterlife. No, what she told Bothwell. Exactly. I'm hey, a- baby, uh, just so you know, when I was passed out while you were talking to me, I was thinking about another guy. Don't worry, it wasn't Darnley. However, he's not here anymore. Francis is always going to be her first true love. I right. feel like if Francis would have come back from the death, and let's just say this was, you know, Jon Snow, she would have left, I feel like, Bothwell for Francis. That's like her true love. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why when her eyes were closing, I was like, this is it for the Freary fans. I don't know if you've seen uh, it. There's I like see. Instagram accounts. There's Twitter accounts. I was like, they're going to love this. And then I'm like waiting. I'm like, I'm going to see the rose petals and I'm going to see Francis. And then I saw nothing. <laughs> and I was devastated. This I'm like, a, give me some Francis. Hope is a dangerous thing on this show. Um, Isn't it yeah. a deleted scene where she's thinking that, but then Bothwell comes in and Francis is like, you have to be with Bothwell now. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, okay. And then she goes off. And, is that really and, happened? And, uh, yes, it's a deleted scene. They just didn't have time for yeah. it. Did you guys ever, okay, honestly, did you guys ever even consider, like, was there even an attempt made to try to get Toby, who plays Francis, back into this last season? Uh, We didn't shoot anything with Toby this season, Um, but uh, we did, you know, uh, we we did kind of bring him back from the life last year um, Mm -hmm. with the letter that he left for her, um, uh, which was, like, literally him kind of speaking to her from from the grave. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, Francis is a great huge part of the show and and Toby and Natalie were amazing and um you know that chemistry just doesn't come along every day it just doesn't and and we never intended to try to like replicate that or do like let's do you know everybody that Mary's even been involved with ever since Francis they've all offered something different not the same thing at yeah, all right. I think Gideon was like an escape hatch from a really difficult time and Darnley was like her partner in crime against the world because the world's coming down around them and they got to fight and then 
you know, Bothwell is like her, you know, protector because, yeah. you know, now the world is like attacking from the inside, you know. So she has these different um, chemistries with different people who've been on the show. But, um, you know, Francis was this sort of pure um, formative moment. And it's 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 never, you know, you can't get that back, I guess. I mean, they were childhood friends, you know, they had a whole history. They grew up together. So obviously I get it. Um, I want to touch upon James because, you know, she, speaking of letters, she wrote uh, James, her brother, to come back, but we never see him. And, and, you know, in her writing to Elizabeth and when she's talking about family, I kind of wondered, are we going to see James? And it would have, it would have been such an uplifting moment in a time of need for, I, I think, the audience as mm-hmm. well as yeah, Mary. Right, yeah. yeah, to see James. I really hope we get to see him in the next episode. I want him back in court. I want him and Greer to be together. That would be amazing. And just to be there for Mary, because she needs as much support, especially with what she's going through with Darnley and his mom. I mean, she needs all the support she can get. And James is the only one that actually knows the truth about Greer's daughter, is that she's actually with the pirate. Mm -hmm. So he's, like, so accepting. You know, hence we're talking about the subject of accepting people. He's very accepting. Um, I mean, so I think that would be... Hint, hint. That would be great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can you guys like, give me a moment? I'm, I'm going to go beg the showrunner right. to just get okay. millions of dollars to Question. reshoot this finale. Right. Where, where, where did Conde go? That's another thing I was thinking about today. Where's Conde? Well, Conde is not on the show anymore, but um, it's funny. I mean, like, I think when this series is over, I hope people go and look at, into history because you can kind of follow where all these characters went on because right. Conde did outlive Francis um, for a time because he was supposed to be... It's kind of a weird... We did kind of a remix of it in season two, but he was imprisoned and awaiting execution until Francis died. And after Francis died, he was released. And uh, for a while, he was uh, a leader of a Protestant movement. There was all this civil war going on in France over religion. So he was a major um, thorn in Catherine's side, and uh, he was eventually killed in battle in a really brutal way. But uh, so Conde is off, you know, having religious subplots off screen. Is what I would say. But it's um, corresponding with Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's let's talk about the child uh, because obviously a, a huge cliffhanger in that respect, where he, the, the, the baby's supposed to be taken care of, but um, there is Darnley, Darnley taking care of it, and where it goes is anyone's guess. Just Darnley. I, I just, I don't even know we what to him. say about him. Yes. And it's so funny because, like, you know, we had Will on the show. So yeah. you want to like the character. And at the time he was on the show, it was right when he first came on mm-hmm. the show. And it was, you know, Darnley was being nice and polite. And we were getting to like him. Um, but when he took Mary's child, oh, yeah. my goodness, I felt for her. Because that is, that's like ripping your heart out. That's like worse than ripping your heart out, you know? And especially in his state of mind right now. Yeah. He's, he can't have a child. No. Mm-hmm. I think, no. I think him taking the child is going to lead to the point where she kills him. Because pretty yeah. much she kidnapped the child. Hopefully doesn't give him syphilis. I mean, I, <laughs> I think you told me it's not that easy to contract it. I'll give you one spoiler. The child does not contract syphilis. No, does okay. not. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> That'd be terrible. I mean, if it's Or does he later? Words, I can't remember. Does he? Well, no, I'm actually thinking, never mind. That's, that's a history spoiler. But he does get sick later on, but I don't think it's syphilis. So, no, no syphilis for babies, I no. promise. Okay. But I, I think that's, like what you said, I think that's what's going to drive Mary to say. I mean, yeah, she's willing to mm-hmm. make amends with Elizabeth and give up her right to the throne for her child. So she's going to she's she's gonna kill him this episode. Mm-hmm. He's got to go. He's got to go. He certainly crossed a line. Yes. For all he's done, this is, this is pretty bad. This is but he actually bit. looks like he loves his son. He actually looks at him and he says, 
you know, I thought you were going to take my reign, but actually, you know, you're my son. And he made him that ugly little horse with the shaggy hair. Exactly. So the ugliest horse I've ever seen. Like there you was no have, Mattel back then. <laughs> like you're the king. You can't have someone make like a fancy horse. I think that's 16th century fancy. I don't know. Yeah. It could, it could. Listen, it's a thought that counts. I take it back. It's the thought that counts. There you go. There it's you the go. syphilitic ridden thought that counts. <laughs> yes. When you're a father. No, he, he does care. I mean, I think that's what's so great about that. Well, it's not great. It's horrible. But it's what's what's messed up is that he's, she thinks that he's a good guy and that he's just so happy that he no longer sees his child as a threat, but as like a little him. And it's a beautiful moment. He just has to be talking to a dead person while he's having it. So, um, yeah, I, I know you hate Darnley. I sympathize with Darnley. He's just, he's a... I actually don't hate him as much as I hate Nicole. <laughs> really? <laughs> Phil? Really? Wow, He's Phil. still a baby. Wow. Okay, no, I... <laughs> and he has geez. bumps on his neck. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but the bumps bump... That's not necessarily his because fault. Because he was whoring himself. Um, it is. It he is was whoring himself. Okay, but, but okay. Be okay. responsible. <laughs> At the same time... Wrap it up. Go to, go to the middle of the season. Mary wasn't the greatest <laughs> towards him. I just got that. <laughs> Like wrap it up, like the, the show. Oh, no, wrap it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it, it, okay. It, like let 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 us not forget what actually happened in the middle of the season. They were they were going back and forth at each other, and Mary, you know, she she. I, I mean, she's responsible for the death of of Kira. Okay, that was so unintentional. Yeah. She was actually nice to the girl. Okay. She just wanted to save face. It's tricky, you guys. It's complicated. Everybody's a little bit to blame, a little bit, but you know. It's... Look at the logical men here with their logical I'm answers. Like, no, he's still no, a no. baby. <laughs> okay. Listen, question I for like you. all the characters, so that's that's my fault. Question for you. Yes, please. So obviously, you're the mastermind, the writer. I'm not the master. Well, let me just one of the masterminds. <laughs> it's all a group effort. Right. Come on, it's, it's including Laura- Nicole that you hate. <laughs> if you could be an actor and mm-hmm. you're auditioning for the role. Mm-hmm. Which one of the men would you be? And Rain, starting wow, from season one. That's a great question. Starting from season one, though, you could be Francis. I Everybody couldn't be Francis. Be Francis. Please don't be the witness. <laughs> I, couldn't, I, I couldn't be Francis because uh, you know what Toby brought to that part that's really hard was sincerity. I yeah. mean, he really was sincere, uh, and just he made you believe in all those things. It was it was great. Um, this is weird because now it, this is like I'm okay. Who would I be? You're not if, being biased. You're not saying who's the better actor. Right. Which role would you do? Which role would I want to play? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if yeah, I don't know, I mean, let's see. I think the Darnley character is a great part. It's <sighs> a great part. Seriously, I mean, it, there is levels and layers and there's, everything. To there's that. he got so, to yeah. do he got to do it all. I mean, he he yeah. you know he was uh, romantic and and mm-hmm. a scoundrel and wounded and sad and uh, vulnerable and frustrated and powerless and trying to be powerful and dangerous. I mean, right. he got to do a lot this year he and killed the whole privy council. Yeah, but they he, were all traitors. He who wants stabbed. to be a murderer. They, hold on, hold on, he hold wants on. To be a murderer. If you recall, that privy council stabbed David Rizzo to death, so they that deserve to burn so anyway. That's true. So, mm-hmm. That's true. I um, yes. Take it back. Take it but, back. No, I just think that character brought a lot. Like it was, um, you know, it was her second husband, and it wasn't a Francis story. It wasn't a great love story. It was a great um, uh, conflict story. I mean, you know, it was a very troubled marriage. But I just think that that character brought a lot to the show, and was fun to write, and brought out great stuff in Mary, and brought you know, she, it was great. Uh, love interest and antagonist, and um, and I, you know, the the stronger and more interesting you make an antagonist, the more your lead has to adapt and mm-hmm. and improvise and change. So, 
Any final thoughts or questions about the episode or just while we oh, have The whole series, so you'll never right. see me again. The show's almost So, over. I mean, just tell us what happens next episode. Okay. Well, we're going to watch episode, Friday. <laughs> there's a huge dance number. No. Um, I, 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 I do want to say this. Uh, you know, we, we really needed two seasons in Scotland to tell everything that happened to Mary, and, and we definitely would have liked to have done another chapter to... Um, to see everything else because she's I mean she's got an amazing story that's yeah. why Laurie created the show it's a, she's got a great story but um, so it was it was a gargantuan task ahead to to write just a season finale and then and then adapt it to to end the whole series and I was really touched and uh, impressed by what April and Laurie uh, wrote and and what the actress filmed and uh, you know it'll be crazy it'll be moving it'll be sad and and um, you know, if you don't like it, it's too late. It's it's over. You know, Aww. but um, yeah, who doesn't I'm, like it? You know, it, it, uh, the, the the sad part is it never really hits until um until you are expect like the time next year comes when right. when rain is supposed to begin. You're like, oh, it's not coming back. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. So it, it, for for me, there's always that delayed process. Yeah, and the is, intro, the song. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, Actually, I got one more question. Bring it. Let's do it. What was your out of all the episodes that you wrote? Which one was your favorite episode? That's, good. That's a good question. Um, uh, the one I'll always be really proud of was the first episode I ever wrote, which was called "Left Behind" in season one, and it was when um, Mary and Catherine were alone. Uh, the men had gone off to war, and the Italians took over the castle. Mm-hmm. That was oh, like episode eight. That was a fun. She didn't one. get raped. No, no, no um, yeah, that was but, a fun. But one. Yeah. The, the threat of rape is definitely in the in the air um, because the men aren't coming back to save them; and they have to save themselves. And Catherine and Mary really kind of bond together. And there's this line: Catherine says, um, "You know, uh, the first lesson I ever learned was never to wait for a man's rescue." Mm-hmm. Um, and so that episode was just amazing to to do because when I first watched the pilot, the, I, I told Laurie like this is an amazing show, and I could I see there's so many possibilities of different stories you can tell in that world. And so I think what was brilliant about that show is it was like it could it could be a, a genre thriller in the woods, it could be a political thriller, it could be a period costume drama, teen soap, you know, all these different things. It can be right. at once. So that was a, that was an episode that was me plugging my what I wanted to see happen into that world and and. Uh, and everybody just brought it, and so that you never forget your first. Yeah, you know. that was a great episode. Thank you. What about you guys? What was your favorite episode of all time? Ooh. Oh my goodness! We'll save that question for because it might be this. It might be the finale. I know. So when we'll, we'll Francis answer. and Mary we'll get married, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'll definitely. Uh, oh, she already knows. When tease. Francis and Mary get married, nothing will take that away. Fair enough. That was a good one. Um, all right. Well, unfortunately, we do have to wrap it up, um, but. Um, in the meantime, the people can interact with you at Rain Writers. Uh, maybe I mean, we, well, not you, lot, right, but not the writers, writers, in, the writers general. in general. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and it's been an awesome four seasons. Thanks everybody, and um, thank you guys for covering the show. And everybody out there, whether you're a Tumblr account or a fan forum or anything you've been doing to support the show, it's really appreciated. And we'll miss you guys. And where can we find you? You can find me at Lena Nori underscore or on Instagram at Lena Nori, and I'm so sad. Alina's ending. Don't be so sad. And Alina. Alina. You can find me on all social media at Alina Vision. That's Vision with two S's. I just really want to thank Drew for coming in. We love having you. We love the show. So thank you. And follow us here at AfterBuzz TV. Thanks as always. Um, We're going to have a very fun, somewhat emotional, I'm sure, um, series finale next episode. Um, So stay tuned for that. Um, We're trying to work on some fun stuff as well. So fingers crossed there as well. And so. then hopefully a season five. Um, Hashtag that or something. Get that. Get that going. <laughs> That's right. Season five. Season five. Bye for now. Five. <laughs>
from executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.